Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. Well, Dan, it seems that many Americans are, have a lot of fear with respect to the uh, Muslim community, but we have little understanding of the roots of what is essentially a religious conflict. Our guest today, Liberty Magazine editor, my good friend and frequent guest here on Freedom's Ring, Lincoln Steed. Lincoln, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Well, it's always a privilege to be on the program. And always a pleasure for me to have you. So Sunnis and Shiites and really Americans have a dim understanding of who's who and, and, and what this conflict is really all about. Where do we begin to unpack this, Lincoln? Well, uh, we're starting to unpack this as a nation after uh, the Bush administration's unfortunate incursion into Iraq which went bad pretty early on and only was turned around when uh, the military threw its lot in with the Sunnis, with the so-called Sunni awakening. It was then, I think, that the U.S. and much of the Western world discovered that there was a historic rift in Islam, that it was not monolithic, and that the fight had been going on ever since the death of Muhammad way back in 632 over the succession, and that uh, the Shiites are the ones that claimed that the son-in-law, Ali, uh, was the true successor, but uh, Abu Bakr, the designated successor, uh, still defended by the majority uh, uh, Sunni. And uh, I, I think while it solved the military problem of the moment, we actually further inflamed a long festering debate that, as the news came out just a few days ago, Saudi Arabia uh, always want to cut off heads for everything from uh, adultery to uh, terrorism executed a few dozen people, including a Shiite who had merely been calling for more freedom and uh, open dialogue in in uh, Saudi Arabia. And as I think the Saudis intended, his, his death made him a martyr and, 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 a, and an agitation for Shiites rather everywhere, particularly in Iran. And the West is now faced with a rather strange situation. Our ally Saudi Arabia is showing gross religious intolerance, let's just say, or even uh, violence For within its uh, own borders. It's objected to by a country that we're always uh, demonizing, and uh, they've cut off diplomatic relations, or at least the Saudis have cut it off. By studying the news, I see that countries everywhere are sort of dropping almost randomly on one side or the other of this great divide. Uh, and if nothing else, this uh, upsets the traditional equation we like to uh, work toward, we're the good guys and the others are the bad. In reality, this is a vicious, nasty, internecine religious fight that uh, probably we can't solve. And uh, it's greater even than the antagonism of Islam toward uh, Christianity. And in the crossfire, the Christian community in these countries is being decimated, right? Absolutely. We're both factions. I mean, that's a, that's a uh, constant, <laughs> that Islam has a uh, continuing doctrinal uh, dispute, if you like, with, with people of the book who don't follow the book, and with Jews who have, as the Quran says, uh, profaned the Sabbath and, uh, and, and, and assaulted uh, uh, Jesus' uh, mother Mary. 
uh, half correct things, but you know it creates a, 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 a at times violent uh, difference. That hasn't particularly changed here. Uh, no, which is the better to have uh, Shiites and, and Sunnis united together and turning on the Christians, or uh, as has happened now, the old feud reignited and the entire region fighting uh, one country to another, regardless of outside interference. Well, and as you pointed out, uh, the outside interference then becomes the focus for everybody to turn on. Yeah, and and uh, one thing in the defensive, <laughs> if there's such a uh, an attitude to be applied in defense of this whole uh, uh, Islamic terrorism. I think it's out of control now, but it started on a very prosaic uh, uh, level. It was Osama bin Laden objecting to the unbelievers, uh, soldiers, being uh, quartered in the Holy Land. You know, we're not very sensitive to that, but his uh, difference was with his own country initially. He was struck down the uh, Saudi regime, which is a strong political ally of the U.S. But when we're talking about religion and civil liberties, or religious openness and civil liberties, it's a medieval kingdom, uh, you know, with capital letters all the way through. Well, and another... You've heard me say in different meetings we've held, I think the U.S. should bring incredible pressure to bear on the Saudi regime to uh, fix their own house as far as religious freedom. I have known some folks who have lived and worked in Saudi Arabia, and they're afraid even to have a Bible study or a Sabbath worship in their own apartment, much less right. um, to display their faith. And that's expatriates. It's not allowed on pain of death by uh, citizens. Uh, and in Saudi Arabia, as in uh, Afghanistan under the Taliban, there's the religious police that roam the streets and will not to get out and take the stick to a woman who was dressed a little... Uh, revealingly, or a couple that are holding hands, all that sort of stuff. It sounds a little bit like Adventist academies, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, a low blow. But, you know, it's it's another uh, uh, another era and, and, a, and a cruel and narrow way of applying religious conformity. The, the mistake, I think, that too many Americans make is to assume, then, that the refugees and the um, the Muslims in our country share the same sort of medieval culture and values that we see being played out in a place like Saudi Arabia. Oh, absolutely not. In Syria uh, and, and Lebanon and countries like that are, as, are, are at least as Western as they are uh, have anything in common with Saudi Arabia. Uh, and, and it's also a mistake to think that they are necessarily all Muslim refugees. Uh, early on in the Syrian war, the majority of refugees were Christians. I, I, I've read several times of one refugee camp in Jordan of 500,000. That's almost totally Christian. Uh, so there's huge displacement of the Christian populations in, in the Levant, to use the uh, Eiffel term, that, well, that they've resurrected. And we need to be sensitive to uh, you know, great suffering by religious minorities. And Christians are a minority in the area of the world that gave birth to Christianity, and there's a supreme irony in that. So when Americans um, respond to an anti-immigrant message from presidential candidates, we're really potentially harming uh, religious minorities, including Christians, who are fleeing the violence. Right. I mean, I, I don't know what you've said on other programs, but, you know, it's not a one-dimensional issue. 
Uh, I originally came from another country uh, with my parents when they transferred into our church work in the United States. So, you know, on one level, I'm... A, oh, yeah, immigrants go home, yeah, Lincoln, yeah. go back to Australia. So, you know, I, I see the uh, that side of it, and it's, and it's good. Australia also takes uh, uh, immigrants. And uh, you want a country to be welcoming to someone who can uh, contribute to a community. Uh, but, of course, there's security concerns, and, and, and I, I think it's sort of patently obvious that undocumented or people by definition who are fleeing for their lives probably don't even have their normal documentation. And I think, it, as it's been said, it, it just makes sense to, to do a comprehensive vetting process. But it'll be very bad if the United States sort of gets a reflex dislike for all uh, incoming uh, uh, peoples, uh, not just from from the area of conflict, but, you know, other countries that may share the same religion. No, it's not good to say no Muslims can come in. It may be necessary to say we particularly uh, screen people from conflict areas. And I think we do that already. And and so I, I, I think some of the candidates have made broadly... Uh, prejudice statements that, that contain an element of truth, but they're expressed in a very jingoistic way. We had a guest from World Vision who is knowledgeable about the vetting process. And, you know, we've been vetting people for decades, so this is something that we know how to do. Uh, yes, although uh, uh, there are things going on, and, 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 you know, you can go online and uh, watch a, a video of, of a State Department employee in Saudi Arabia saying how uh, you know, he was given the clear commands to allow very suspect characters from Saudi Arabia to come to the U.S. I think there's a funny intersection of uh, regular bureaucratic caution and political um, plots and plans that, that, that were designed to short-circuit that. And, and, you know, it's well known that we, uh, we stirred up religious fanaticism with the Taliban for our political purposes against Russia. And the American public needs to realize there's an element of that going on with ISIL. It didn't come out of a vacuum. And some of the more esoteric planners uh, in the West have been guilty of thinking that they could send this runaway horse in another direction to use a, you know, to fulfill our purposes and not realizing it might come running back and trample us in due course. Well, I'm not going to venture down a, a conspiracy road with you. Well, that's not a conspiracy. That's just well-known. <laughs> not well-publicized, but well-known. But not, I don't think it was done with cynicism. I think it was done with naivety, and this is the value of these uh, programs here. We can explain uh, religious uh, communities and beliefs and so on, and as you know, very often bureaucracies as well as a secular state are not well-situated to understand a faith dynamic. And, and it's easy to look at history and see religion as being one of the major motivating forces for good and for ill in, in, in history. And this is a case where it's uh, running amok. Well, and there is no end in sight to the confusion and the violence. And uh, Well, you've, you've hit on the point I'm trying to bring out here. No, there's no end in sight because the Shiite-Sunni debate has been... Uh, uh, running on a pretty high fever pitch, you know, likely, admittedly, but since 632. So we're going to end it in the next decade? Not likely. And uh, in the Christian world, the debate or the, uh, the great schism between Eastern Orthodox and the Roman Catholic or the Western Church, that's not about to be mended. Uh, the uh, uh, disturbances caused by the uh, Reformation 
you and I could probably wish that they were better understood. Unfortunately, that debate, I think, is drifting away, and and we seem to be coming back to more of a of a, uh, a pre-Reformation period. But that's not good, because all of these disputes have a kernel of truth in it. I just think religion goes wrong when it applies force instead of persuasion. And I think that's the bottom line for us here at Freedom's Ring, is to recognize that you combine religion and force, and it's a deadly mixture. Uh, that freedom of conscience and respect for people's religious differences is the only foundation for peace, peaceful coexistence. And a pregnant pause. Well, I'm, I'm, I hear the music playing, so I think we've come to the end, but this is something that we all should pay close attention to, the dynamic of religious conflict. And uh, I do want to put in a plug as we're closing for our listeners to go to the website for Liberty Magazine and subscribe. It is the best magazine on the subject of religious freedom. Very readable. Absolutely. We've been publishing it for more than 100 years. Our guest today, Lincoln Steed, is the editor, libertymagazine.org. Lincoln, thanks for being with us today. Always a pleasure. And as we close, we want to remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom, we help those of any faith suffering religious discrimination. So check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org, www.churchstate.org. Don't forget to email me at mrliberty at churchstate.org with your suggestion for what you perceive to be the number one religious freedom problem in America today. Thank you for listening, and Freedom's Ring is now available on SoundCloud on the internet. Check out our Freedom's Ring SoundCloud radio station. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring. Freedom's Ring.